originally, you weren't picked for the All-Star game. And then I witnessed it. I was there. We play the Sparks. And you had a 43-point game. Was that like maybe snub fueling that? Was it just, I feel like getting buckets tonight? What was that 43-point game like? Um, it was definitely a snub. That's what I was a thinking. A snub statement. Um, mm-hmm. I have history with being snubbed and then coming out and performing like crazy. Yep, yep. Love it. That's definitely what it was. And I was just so, you know, upset and frustrated because I felt like I was having a stellar season up until that point. Mm-hmm. And to say it just went unnoticed was kind of absurd because we're doing good. It's not like we were losing. Mm-hmm. It's not like we suck. Mm-hmm. In my eyes, we had three All-Stars and I should have been one originally. But to then not choose me was definitely a choice. Welcome back to Sometimes I Hoop. I'm your host, Haley Jones, in my rookie year for the Atlanta Dream. And this week, I'm joined by a certified bucket. But this isn't about me. We got Kentucky 2000 point score, the reigning WNBA Rookie of the Year, now a two-time All-Star. And new fun fact, the fastest dream player to score 1000 points. None other than my close friend and teammate, Ryan Howard. Thanks for hopping on the pod. Thank you so much for having me. Truly a blessing. No, no, it's true. It's truly a pleasure. Thank you for blessing (laughs) me with your presence. It's not like I see you enough. (laughs) So just kind of the way the WNBA is right now, everybody's kind of on a playoff push. Competition is tight right now. Which teams are you keeping your eye on as we get closer to the playoffs to make a little run? Right now, I'd say I'm more focused on, you know, how Washington is doing and how Dallas is doing since we're all in that same kind of area. Yeah, I'm with you. We're all like basically have the same record, one in front, one behind. So I feel like with every game, it shifts. So there's really no telling who's fourth (laughs) or sixth right now. But tell me, how have things shifted for you focus-wise as a team now that we're halfway through the season? I would say for us, focus-wise, we're more locked in on us and know how we're doing as far as making this push for the playoffs. We've pretty much seen almost everybody now. Mm-hmm. And so we're just trying to make sure we stay locked in because we can't control what the other teams do. We can only control what we do. Any teams that surprised you or specific players who's kind of, you know, under the radar and really came to shine this year? I would say, I don't know, Indy's having a better year mm-hmm. than what they've had in the past. But, you know, they're also in a rebuild. So I expect nothing less for them to continue to get better. I'm not really surprised by anybody in the league because, you know, there's so much room for success, especially with it being such a small league. Mm-hmm. It's just about, you know, taking your chance and having an impact with it. They're one of those teams where they may not have the best first half, but then all of a sudden you peep the score and it's like they're <laughs> it's back the close in game. it. Like, yeah, like literally their game yesterday. I was like, oh, you know, okay, I'll come back to it. I started doing whatever around the house and I was like, hold up. How are they back in this game? Which yeah. is it's just scary as an opponent. Honestly, you got to stay on your P's and Q's. So, yeah. I don't know. I think Indy, Indy's having a better year. But I heard you loud and clear when I had your mom on the pod last season that Miss RJ gets more shy than you. So I had to invite you and get you on the pod. And, you know, the Black Mama Network kind of started with our moms and then she manifested me coming to Atlanta. So does Miss RJ really run the show? She runs it. She's the head and she's the employees. You know, she 
in charge of everything. Yeah, I feel that. That's how Miss Monique is as well. I just kind of <laughs> do what she says. Yeah, I can believe that. Okay, so how'd you get into basketball? What started this all for you? Maduk, she played, of course, pretty much, you know, most of my family played, but my mom, she played, she coached me all the way up until high school. But she's also like, she's played in, in Olympics. I'm not going to try to put the year out. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I don't want to mention. She'll come for you. She'll come for you. So she has her little bronze medal. Mm -hmm. She's coached collegiately. She has a lot of experience. And so I always looked up to her and wanted to basically be like her while I was growing up. And so she always put me in a position to be successful. She made sacrifices for me. Like wherever we needed to move, we would move. She got me the best trainers. And so she's really like paved the way, but allowing me to be myself and allowing me to do other things. So I played other sports growing up. And she played at Florida for college ball and I wanted to go to Florida for the longest. But ultimately she was like, well, like, are you sure you don't want to like look at other schools? And like basically said, like, no, don't go there <laughs> to an extent. But she really has done everything that she could. Aw, Miss RJ, big shout out. What a queen. We love her. Queen. She's the best. You mentioned her coaching you most of your life up until high school. And I feel like we can definitely bond because... On one hand, it's great. Your mom's your coach, but also there's trauma because you're like... Now everything's your fault. Yeah, everything's your fault. They can take it out on you because they know you can take it. But I think for me, the craziest thing that I struggled with with my mom is like, how you going to be at practice and yell at me for two hours and then you get in the car? And my mom was very much like, you know, what's what happens at the gym stays at the gym. And then we get in the car and she's like, oh, let's hang out. Let's do this and that. And I'm like, I don't like you right now. I need some space. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> but yeah, like, what do you think the best and worst parts were with your mom? I would say the best was just being able to spend time. Like, I knew with basketball was going to come a lot of sacrifices. Like, many athletes don't have a lot of friends because, like, a lot of non-athletic friends because they can do things that athletes can't. And so I feel like being able to still have that relationship and bond with my mom and still be able to you know, spend that time, even if it was her yelling at me, it was just more core memories that were going to be made. But I did hate her yelling at me Yeah, for somebody else's mistakes. <laughs> How was it my fault? How? Like, oh, you're supposed to know they're supposed to be there. Make it make sense. I don't even know where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm trying to figure out my job, but all of a sudden, everyone's mistakes are now your fault, Haley. And I'm like, um, I'm 10. How are their mistakes my fault? Talking about you're the leader of the team. Well, we are in the fourth grade. <laughs> what you mean, leader? <laughs> what? I just feel like you're the coach. <laughs> you're the leader, ma'am. You. Growing up with your mom as a coach is definitely a different experience. I know I was definitely the least favorite on the team every time my mom was the coach. So I think it's, it's really funny. But like you said, like they did so much for us. Driving to AAU practices, driving to tournaments, this and that. So do you feel like there was a specific tournament where you showed out and that kind of put you on the map? So our team, when my mom started it, mm -hmm. we grew up and we was on all on that same team until high school. So of course, younger, we always played up. So we'd be like fourth grade playing against sixth graders mm -hmm. and get whooped and go get ice cream after because you know, <laughs> we tried our best. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but like, because we had so much chemistry, we were so good that coaches were coming to every game. Mm -hmm. And so they obviously like had been watching us for a long time, but they knew what 
each of us can do. And, you know, we tried to help each other be successful. So if somebody was having a good game, we kept going to them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we were just out there having fun. We didn't really care about much going on. That just wasn't what our focus was on. We wanted to enjoy the time that we had together before, you know, we go back to school. AU is filled with some of the, like, just best friendships. They were so pure, especially when you're younger and you have that same group. Hanging out with these people for two months, literally nonstop. Yes. And it's like no stress, no school, and then yeah. just just living the life. And I just don't know how at that point in my life I could eat a hot dog and some nachos. And I pull up and I hoop. I get one right layup, one left layup, free throw. Let's go drop a 30 ball in front of hundreds of college coaches, right? And now sometimes don't even get that layup. Yeah. Like you just run out just on put, the court. Putting and the hoop, shoes on. Ready to roll. And like no water in three days. And I'm uh, a Sprite and a in McDonald's. Like. <laughs> and then like now, if I don't have that 20-minute activation session, I can't do it. And even sometimes after that, I still need some time to get that first drill to warm up. Yeah. It don't be making any sense. Do you remember playing against anybody in the league now in travel ball? It would have to be people in my class. Mm-hmm. I played against Nas mm-hmm. when she was on Sports City U and we was on... I was on FBC. It was her and it was Zaya Cook. Oh, and wasn't Taylor on that team too? Or was she not on that team yet? I'm not sure. But I don't know. She might Zaya. She might have been. Mm-hmm. I remember we whooped them. Oh. Like, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely demolished them. Not whooped. And, and who would have thought that, you know, me and Nas would have came friends two years later? Yeah, now you two are just inseparable. But at that time, <laughs> you just put in a whooping. That's crazy. Yes. Like, we absolutely crushed him. Oh, my God. Well, (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy. Um, Nas is going to hear this and then have some beef with you. (laughs) She can't lie. (laughs) She's going to have to eat that one. She is. She cannot lie. Oh, my God. Well, okay. So you were on varsity in the eighth grade, which is unheard of. You're like 13, putting a whooping on these girls about to go into college. And I read something, and I need you to clarify this. How does one miss a dance and yet still be named queen of the eighth grade dance? Is that true, Ryan? That is true. (laughs) Wow, Miss Popular. Look at you. That is true. I had to make a sacrifice that day. So that was my first high school basketball game as an eighth grader. (laughs) But you still got got queen of the dance. But I still was. As you should. And then you doubled down and then you were prom queen in high school. So so young Ryan, you're queen in eighth grade, you're prom queen, just 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 the girl of the school. What was that like? Just hooping, getting buckets, boom, turn around, I'm your prom queen, I run this entire school. I mean, what's understood doesn't have to be you're, no, I should have asked. <laughs> I immediately regret asking this question. Next. No, no. Um, It was great. So everybody in school loved me. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be known as the basketball player who was like not nice, not friendly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I talked to different groups in high school. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to, you know, be there and just be a normal person. Like, yeah, people in high school are going to hype you up, but 
You can still be genuine to anybody. And I feel like people don't always expect that. Like if you're this top athlete and you're doing this and that, they have these just preconceived ideas about who you are. And then here you are being Ryan, making SpongeBob jokes, cracking up (laughs) about this and that, talking to anybody ever. I bet that all those people really appreciate that. And now, like, they know who you are, even when you're in the yep. league, being rookie of the year. You're still their eighth grade and high school prom queen that they all know and love. Yes. But so these college coaches have been coming to your game since basically you were born. But when did recruiting get real for you? And then which visits, like, how did you narrow it down to what visits you were going to take? Recruiting was serious in seventh grade. Jesus. Um, like- <laughs> Ryan. I thought you were going to say like freshman sophomore year. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I was was when like the offers started coming in. You're like 12. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it was at that moment, some of the bonds that I still have with some coaches were built. Mm -hmm. So like it came down. So my final five were Kentucky, South Carolina, NC State. Florida and Purdue. And Purdue was definitely in that group that had been there since the beginning. Purdue coaches came to track meets. Oh my God. Like that's how serious it was. Yeah. But Kentucky was just, it felt like home when I was on campus. Not saying that anywhere else didn't, but like when you know, you just know. Yeah. And I had that feeling as soon as I, you know, was with the team at the coach's house and just, you know, having fun with everybody, making jokes. Like, Mm-hmm. There was nothing about basketball to be said. Like, we was just enjoying the moment. So then Kentucky, you had an amazing mm-hmm. career there, just legendary. And then sophomore and junior year, you were player of the year in the SEC, which is kind of big time. And then winning that as a sophomore is tough. So what was that like winning as a sophomore and then you ended up going back to back? I also was freshman of the year. So I knew I had to follow that up. Oh, I'm like, sorry. Let me <laughs> let me throw that in there. She's national freshman, freshman oh. of the year. Sorry. Apologies, Ryan. So I knew, like, obviously doing that, you have to back it up with something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I couldn't go in and allow teams to be like, okay, well, they know who I am now. It's been a year. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to come harder, and I have to switch it up. Like, I have to be able to come harder as well to make sure that they don't know what my next move is. Okay, so back-to-back play of the year. You're carrying Kentucky through and through. You just kind of created this culture there that I think was really special. And then how do you feel throughout your time at Kentucky? How did that prepare you for the league? You know, the transition is hard, but I feel like depending on where you played, the coach that you had, I know your coach came to our Chicago game, and that was really special, and she surprised you. But what were your years like leading up into the league? There was definitely a lot of ups and downs. We had winning teams, we had some losing teams, but it just built how I can overcome adversity mm-hmm. as a person and as a leader of a team. And so just being able to, you know, continue to try to have fun through everything and, you know, stick with my teammates through everything that went on, it kind of built like the charisma that I have now with you, with everybody on Atlanta's team. And so, of course, they wanted me to be successful, but as the time was winding down, we didn't talk about the draft at all because like there was a moment where like I was listening to it and you know, everybody's talking about the draft, like, oh, this is gonna happen, oh, you're gonna drop blah blah. And I got 
you know, really bad anxiety about it because mm-hmm. I was so stressed and like I couldn't focus on, you know, where my feet were at the time. I was only focusing on the league and I didn't like what was happening and nothing good was coming from it. And so we stopped talking about it. Like my coach did it. Anything that had to do with anything that was not college basketball was not allowed to be talked about with me. And so I felt like that really helped me just focus in and try to be there for everybody, for my teammates, just so, you know, we can continue to have fun while this time that we have together is winding down. Yeah. When you're a senior, you know, you're going to go pro. People know that you're expected to be a lottery pick, whatever it may be. It's trying to figure out like, I'm about to move wherever I'm going to move. I'm about to be a pro. I'm about to leave my college campus. But at the same time, you're trying to keep your feet where you are. And you're like, I want to enjoy my time, focus on my teammates. But, oh, my God, I'm about to be a pro. Like, how does this work? Where am I going to live? Like, all these logistics. And you're like, okay, I need to perform so that the league sees that. But at the same time, it's like people already know who you are. You've been doing this for the past however many years. So it's definitely a balance that you need to strike. But to hear that your coach was great with that. Figuring out what works best for you, I think is really special. What was your draft process like? Did you know you were going to be the number one pick? Did you have any nerves around the draft? Or what was that like? Oh, nerves all around. I imagined going first. But, you know, Mm -hmm. with our class, anybody could be first. Anybody could be one. Anything could happen. Definitely like the day of, we have that little go to the Empire State Building, da, da, da. But like after that, like when I was getting my makeup and stuff done and it was like everything was starting to dawn on me, like no matter where I went, my dreams were about to come true. And like I was about to be playing professional as a job and, you know, this is about to be my life. But I was nervous and, you know, my mom had talked to me a little bit before and she was telling me, you know, like who she had talked to, like she had talked to Coach Dunn. They'd already had a relationship before. She was back at Indy through Kentucky, but she was telling me like how she was talking to her. And then, you know, my agent came in and was talking to me, but like, I had no clue. Like, I didn't know if I was going to still be one. I could drop the two, drop the three. Mm-hmm. But it was like, as soon as I heard my name, like I didn't want to cry because my makeup was looking good. <laughs> but it was like, <laughs> everything just hit me at once. And it was like all the emotions you could feel. I felt yeah. in a matter of like 10 seconds. Yeah. And it, and it whirls by because you're up on the stage, you go see Holly. It's just like, oh, and you're done. It's crazy. Yeah. So I was talking to my mom about it because she was like, do you know like what happens to the jersey that you get? It's like, you go up there, you hold the jersey, take the picture, blah, blah. And I was like, girl, I don't even remember nothing. <laughs> past that stage. I don't know if I gave it back. I don't know if she gave it to me. I don't know what happened. I was just up there. Just saying words. I don't even remember what I say. <laughs> no, nah, literally, like, people would ask me, what was that? I was like, I think I blacked out. <laughs> like, you hear your name, and then everything else is really a blur. I remember hugging my mom, and yeah. I don't remember anything on stage. I don't remember, you know, did I high-five Kathy? Did I give her a hug? Did I fall? Did I just keep on walking? Like, did I look cute? Who knows? Was I hunchbacked? But I really, I really blacked out. It's really like a crazy experience. And I don't think there's anything like it. Yeah, I remember like when I finished with Holly, I was like, I have no clue what I just did. (laughs) Yeah, what did I say? (laughs) Did it sound good? Nah. I hope everybody was, you know, enjoying it (laughs) because I just started saying stuff and just kept coming out. Hopefully I was charming. I was just word vomiting, (laughs) whatever, whatever came to my mind. (laughs) But now the draft is something crazy. And then you're behind those doors for like, 
hours doing, oh my doing media. Tell me about it. And I had the nerve to have on heels. Oh my God. Who did I think I was? I came back to a phone on 7% <laughs> and feet that I couldn't feel. Nah, literally. I just, whoever my person was that walked me around was an angel because they could tell I was dying, but they're like trying to help you and be like, do you need water? This and that. I need to go to bed. Like, let me go home. So between, can we take a break? And you know, who's next? Who's the next pick? <laughs> let me see. Let me see. And like, okay, you got to go here. Like, come on, we're almost done. Yeah. They definitely deserve a raise after that night. They do. They do. I know I put mine through the ringer. I was just <laughs> emotions everywhere. Just horrible. But your rookie year was really one for the books. And I would ask what the biggest adjustment was from college to the pro-life. But was there much of an adjustment, Ryan? You were rookie of the month every month. <laughs> you were rolling. <laughs> like, how was there, like, how did your mindset change or how did you prep to be a pro because it seemed like that adjustment was seamless. I'd say the biggest adjustment definitely was like the pace of the game. You know, I feel like everybody comes in and says the pace because it is fast paced. And when you play for somebody like T, now it's pace (laughs) times two. (laughs) Pace times a million on everything you do. But just coming in and then, you know, them like telling me like other teams' mindset is probably going to be like, okay, well, this is number one draft pick. I don't care. Like, I'm going to bully you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And so just being able to get comfortable with being uncomfortable for the first couple of games, because just seeing how teams would play, seeing like different looks every night. And like, that's something different because like, I just got here. Why are y'all switching up all these looks? (laughs) I just arrived. (laughs) I'm here. I guess it's only my third day out here (laughs) and y'all are trapping me already. Like, yeah. So I feel like that also helped me because now they've done it so early. Now I can expect a little bit of what's to come. You're right. Like even now, I, you'd be like, yep, they're gonna, they're doing this, they're doing that. We're trying to figure out how to help you. And <laughs> it's like they do something <laughs> different. They're like, okay, staggers, this is one thing. On balls, handoffs. And I just be watching you and I'm like, wow, look at her go. Go, Ryan. Do you need, can I, can I help you in any way? You know? And you mentioned Coach T. What was your first impression of her when you first got into training camp? I knew I had to mentally prepare before the first practice of training camp ever because, you know, we had this welcome to the A moment, me and Nas, where we like went around and, you know, she came to eat with us and we was like asking her like, so yeah, what's this first two a day going to look like? And she said, the first practice is going to be all defense. <laughs> and keep in, <laughs> keep in mind, I haven't touched the ball since the end of the season. Yeah. So that first practice, I was dying. And we was just running up and down all types of transition defense drills. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me get my mind right because this is what it's going to be like. (laughs) Nah, literally, literally. Like you were in Italy during our first few days of training camp. But I was like, wow, this is going to be my life for the foreseeable future. And we did this layup drill and I was like, wow. Like there's like, she can clearly see that we're dying and we are thirsty. (laughs) It was like, you're a SpongeBob lover. It was like, he's like, what? That's that's how I was. And I just look at her and she's like, nope, not good enough. (laughs) Restart. It does not care. Start over. Start over. Like nobody cares. Start over. Literally, nobody cares. And she's talking about oops, sleep nights, oop this, like wake up. up. (laughs) She has so many quotes, and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Yeah, we definitely had the hardest training camp and will continue to have the hardest training camp. Yeah, because she's not one to drop off. 
like, even this year, she's like, y'all feel my energy, match it. And I'm like, well, that's a lot of energy. That's hard <laughs> we, to match. We'll try. <laughs> We're still trying. Yeah, I'm trying my best. But I think T, T is really one of a kind. I think she gets us going. We feed off it, which is, I think, really special. When last year did you feel like I'm catching my rhythm? Did it take a few games? Was it kind of like your first game you're like, oh, I'm the best bucket around. Like, I'm going crazy. Or were you like, okay, like, take a few games, find your feet. And you're like, I belong in this league. It only took a few games. Mm -hmm. I think I'm in the record books for half fast to 100 points, however many games. Talk to them. I'm in the record books for yet another thing. (laughs) But it was like at that moment. And then like I knew teams were like, solely focusing on me is like okay yeah they already are aware that i'm gonna be a problem and she still is <laughs> tell them right. so myself it's a little, it's a little something <laughs> okay and then was there a point maybe even in that early stretch but you were like all right like i'm the best rookie out i'm getting rookie of the year or was that not even on your mind i went in with the goal of being rookie of the year but it's not what i was focusing on mm-hmm. while i was playing I was more so worried about team success because usually you don't really get much if your team's not doing well. And so I want all of my teammates to be successful and it just makes the game more fun. You're a lot happier when everyone is successful and everyone's celebrating. That's facts. That's that's really how it be. It's a lot more fun to be in a locker room that's winning compared to one when you're not. It's not as fun, yeah. honestly. And I feel like that's a shared experience all across the world. <laughs> so you played overseas for your first year. First of all, how was that? Second of all, what do you think that helped with moving into now your second season in the league? Well, I played in Italy and so the country was very nice. I definitely like go back to visit. Very peaceful, very clean, like mm-hmm. smells clean, looks clean. But it just helped me with the physicality. So teams this year are definitely a lot more physical. Mm-hmm. But overseas, like they'll put people in to hack. Literally. For fun. Yeah. And like just come and make it hard. And so I feel like playing over there and playing against that without getting the calls has really like helped me to be more poised. Mm-hmm. In the league and, you know, expecting that to happen and, you know, not trying to focus on, oh, I'm not getting any calls, but okay, well, I'm going to keep going. So you're just going to have to keep playing like this and I'm going to put the pressure on the refs. I mean, watching some of your games, it definitely looked very physical. And them them girls are strong. They be... They, they are strong. strong. They lift, lift, lift. <laughs> <laughs> One time I told my trainer, I was like, I'm only doing abs today. <laughs> <laughs> just core. Straight core. I'm good. I'm not trying to just come back shredded. <laughs> okay, Ryan, do you remember the first time that we met? At USA? Yeah. Okay, I need your first impressions. I'll give you mine first. I did not expect you to be as nice as you are. I thought you were going to be really mean. <laughs> is what I was talking about I thought you were going to be really mean and I was definitely probably like I don't know like you said like like the high school kids they probably did not expect that from you you were just out there hooping doing your thing with a straight face and I was all nervous and then I met you and then you're like just giving me a hug and the nicest person and cracking these jokes so that that was my memory of my first time meeting you besides being like oh wow she's really good I would say seeing you outside your office She's really giddy. Yeah. <laughs> she's really, she's just here for the vibes. 
Especially at USA. <laughs> Especially at USA. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's not here for no type of business. <laughs> Just here for the people. I think... Especially it was especially that year, specifically thinking like the America team. Everybody was there for the vibes. It was COVID year. Every, oh, oh my gosh! Everybody was just there to be there. <laughs> Nobody knew what was going on. We get locked out the hotel. We were out there with with Jen Rosati. Just quite a time. It was definitely a time. So we got to give a shout out to our girl, Coach T, for getting Coach of the Month. Yes. She's definitely yes. a player's coach. Talk about her coaching style, what she's done for the program, organization here, and what she's done for you as a coach. She's just been there. Away from coaching first, she's definitely a player's coach. And so she's, you know, know what to do to be successful. She's been successful. But she's also, like, very caring as a person. She wants to see us succeed as people in life. And so I just say that. For her to, you know, be that caring at the head, it just, you know, relaxes us a little bit more because, you know, she's not just always pressure, pressure, pressure on, you know, basketball. You know, she hasn't talked about playoffs at all. It's all internal, but she's definitely led the way and, you know, helped keep me accountable and all the success I'm getting, I truly can, you know, attest it to her and what she's done for me. Yeah, I completely agree. Like she, she's there for you as a person first. And like, she's never going to switch up. If you play like crap, you play great. She's going to show up the next day and be the exact same. Yes. That's one thing I've really appreciated about her being here. Because rookie year, there's there's ups and downs with every year. But she's always stayed very consistent. This year, you've definitely been one of the centerpieces doing your thing, scoring 17 points a game. Do you feel like as a team, we found our flow? Are we still kind of getting there? I know we kind of have ups and downs, but... What do you think our cohesiveness is like and just kind of our team identity? I would say we've definitely found a flow. And it's helpful having Leash, another guard that can score yeah. however many points she wants, and then having a heavy post presence in CP. Yeah. Because now I can get those looks that I get and they can go off. So teams can't only focus on me. And, you know, when you come in, you have eight points or Nia goes in and she's aggressive. It just works for everybody because now it's like, who do you guard? How do you guard us? Everybody can do something. Yeah. It takes some of the, not so much pressure off a little bit, but just like you don't have to work as hard to get your shots, right? You still got to work yeah. hard because teams going to trap like all these different things. But like, you know, it's, they have to space the floor more. Picking up leash, picking up CP, Nia, whoever is out there really. Um, so I think it definitely just adds. And then, you know, bring in all these different pieces. Like you bring in somebody like AD and it's just hooping, get it straight to a bucket. Like Quit what do you, bucket. literally like AD going to get in the game and they just go, oh, bop, bucket. Oh, bucket. Like it's, it's crazy. What are you supposed to do with that? And so this year you've had a great year. How would you describe your game in general, but also just kind of like the mindset that you've had this season? I would definitely say more aggressive. You know, last year I would let the game come to me. And like see how I'm feeling and see like if my shots are gonna go in this game or whatnot. But this year, like I go out and I put the pressure on immediately and you know, try to get easy looks from the jump so that when the game's running down those tough looks, I'm already comfortable. So now they're not as tough as the defense is making them, or I have all the attention now I can get Alicia easy look. Mm-hmm. Now I can get CP on the post. 
I think, you know, coming out from the jump, being aggressive, it opens things up for yourself, but everybody on our team, right? Then all of a sudden there's one more is Tania. Okay, D-Rob can do this. CP can do this. Like, there's just so many different ways that it affects not only you, because now the defense is on their heels and they're like, okay, somebody else guard her. Like, I don't want to deal with this. But then it's also just like, I don't know, as a team, it opens up things. Yeah. You know, the coverage of women's sports, specifically basketball, is growing. Fans are becoming more and more invested in our game. What are some of the ways that you've seen coverage get better over the years that you've been playing? Like more games on national TV. Mm -hmm. So like ABC, ESPN. I always look at the graphics and it's like, oh, we're up to like 9 million viewers. And like, that's huge. Like that's and growing. So that's what however many from last year and that's only in one year. Yeah. That's only in a few new players in every league. I feel like that's definitely a start in with the players that we have and their impact on the game, not only in the game, but in life. Like take Angel Reese. Mm-hmm. You see her everywhere. Everywhere. And you know, people may hate it, but it's only gotta bring more attention. That's nice. Like now you have to see what she's gonna do. Because mm-hmm. People are like, oh, she hasn't been in the gym, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, now you're going to watch exactly to see if she was in the gym or if she wasn't. And I feel like as she continues to get better, as she continues to grow, she's going to keep being the face of you know women's basketball. And I love that for us because now she's going to bring all these people that have her back, all these people that hate her, mm-hmm. and they're going to continue to watch. <laughs> yeah, no matter you love her, you hate her, you're going to watch that game. You're, you're going to watch. <laughs> you're going to watch, and all that's going to do is raise viewership. And I think it's been on the rise like crazy. And I feel like there's more media coverage. But you see, when they finally do put our games on national television, wow, more people watch. They're interested. And I feel like women's basketball haters, they'd be up in the TikTok comments talking about, oh, well, you did this in the game. So you watched. So you watched <laughs> so, it. so you saw. So Because that effect, was in the third quarter halfway through. Exactly. That one just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's like, oh, so so you are a supporter of women's basketball because you're out here watching the games. So I think just in terms of like coverage and things, just the continuing of social media pages, people like Ari Chambers doing amazing things, growing her platform, shout talking about Ari. women's Shout out. Like her platform growing because of who she is and all that, but also just like talking about women's basketball. Now, people love her and what is she saying Watch women's basketball, so they're going to go do it. So I think like all these different people who are influencers, who are, you know, were athletes, now they're influencers, they continue to grow the game. And people kind of hate on like influencers who are athletes, like, oh, you're not real athletes. You're still watching their games. (laughs) You're still like, (laughs) you're listening. Not only are you watching my game, you're listening to what I'm talking about. You know, something that's been talked about a lot recently is the expansion of the league. Some are for it, some are saying not right now. I know Kelsey Plum had a very good outlook just in terms of like where we're at right now. Are we even capable of having an expansion right now with the way things still are with travel and all that stuff? So where where do you stand on the expansion level? I would say expansion is definitely needed, but we do have a lot to focus on right now. Yeah. So like, yes, we need better travel. Yes, we need to fix a whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we can't really do the expansion if, first of all, do we have enough money for it? You don't want to stretch it out if we're already needing some things right now. Like you want to make sure that foundation is set 
So when new teams come into the league, it's like, there's nothing to worry about, right? They can already hop on that new charter schedule. They can already have this and that. And it's also like, there's 144 spots right now, which is crazy. When I saw that on our jacket, I was like, wow, I really am one of 144. (laughs) Oh my God, 144 jobs. And like, they're not even all taken up right now. And it's just because of the players that are there, their contracts, this and that. So I definitely agree in terms of like, you know, we do need that, but maybe in time. Usually most players go overseas, but the league that Stewie and Fee are starting, what do you think about them creating that option for players to stay here? What do you think about them starting up a league like that? I like it. That'll also help build the growth for the league because Mm -hmm. now we have more opportunities for the fans to see us play. Yeah. Because like maybe they'll get tired of watching college basketball. Now they can watch their favorites mm-hmm. in another time that's not the summer. I agree. I think it's a really cool opportunity, especially for people who don't want to play overseas, people who want to stay here. But I didn't even think of that point. Like You're watching the college season. Now you can turn and watch your favorite pros, see how they're doing, what they're doing in the offseason, how they're developing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really cool idea. But something really special about you, your slam cover came out recently. You look amazing in every single picture, super iconic. Thank you. But you know what? What was that like getting to have your own cover? Did you like how it came out? How was that? It was great. I loved it. And I loved just being able to have that time and, you know, reflect, but also paying tribute to Terrence Mm -hmm. and, you know, redoing his slam cover in one of the pictures. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's a truly an honor. And I hope everybody gets a chance to be on something big like that, whether it's slam, whether it's, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever your thing is, I hope that everybody can, you know, have something like that happen in their life. And I mean, you've done a lot of amazing things like signing with Jordan Brand after getting drafted. So about that, I got to hear, you have a lot of shoe game, Ryan. We all know this. I see you in slides on a daily basis. However, when you pop out, you you be having some kicks. When we be on the road, I'd be like, hey, now, who is this? Where, where do these come new from? Shoe. New, Wait, new shoe. not the same one. Exactly. We got something new. So what would you say are your your top Jordans that you have? Also, have you met Jordan? Double question there for you. So I didn't meet Jordan, but it was in the Jordan brand games in high school. Mm-hmm. So I haven't met him anytime recently. Okay. Okay. Because some of the shoes in my closet, like, I don't even remember what they look like. <laughs> Like, that's how many I have. Like, I have a friend in town and, you know, they were going through them. It was like, like, you have these and you haven't worn them. I was like, I haven't gotten to remember it. they was in there. Like, yeah. I couldn't even tell you when I got those. But I definitely say, like, any colorway of ones is definitely up there because they're just so retro and they can go with anything, pull any look together. But a little bit off basketball for a moment. You're part of the Divine Nine. What made you pledge? I wanted to be a part of something bigger than myself that wasn't basketball. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do that, but also wanting to join a sisterhood that was big on like community and like helping others. Mm -hmm. Not saying that the other orgs don't, but I felt like Zeta's is more in touch with it. I know a lot of people talk about the sisterhood that comes from being a part of a sorority, not only while you're on campus, but I mean, I see all the Zetas that come to games now. They're literally, <laughs> every time we play, it doesn't matter if it's here in Atlanta. I think it's Chicago had a lot. Chicago I spe- did have a lot. I specifically remember seeing them, but what is that like, kind of having this extra family on the road, here, just kind of wherever you go, you know you have that connection. It's just great because, like you said, everywhere I go, 
there's going to be somewhere that I can, you know, hit up or mm-hmm. if I need anything, there's connections everywhere. Even with Zetas that aren't like my line sisters, I was just talking to some of my sisters at Kentucky the other day and like catching up and trying to get them to come to a game. But that's just a bond that you'll always have. You've gone through things with them just as you've gone through things with teammates. So that's definitely a bond that, you know, can never be broken. Okay, so we're going to move into our last little segment here. It's called the Vibe Check. It is rapid-fire questions as quickly as you can. For some people, that's not fast at all. It's a lot of ums. It's, oh, that's a good question, Haley. So (laughs) I'm going to give you some grace here, but I want rapid-fire, okay? Okay. This first question is definitely biased, so remember that as I ask you. Who was best dressed at the draft? (laughs) Haley Jones. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Best dressed in the league? Uh. I don't know. This is what I'm talking about, Rye. Come on. (laughs) Okay. I'm just going to say me. Underrated me. Oh, wow. Tell tell him. Okay. What's the drill you never want to see on the practice plan? The Olympic drill. Oh, yeah. I actually really dislike that. Yeah. The the shooting one? The full court one? Yes. Yeah. That's awful. That's awful. Okay. Game winning shot or game winning block? Game winning shot. Yeah. I knew your answer. You didn't even think about it. Okay. And one or three pointer? Both. Okay. And one three pointer. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, <laughs> toughest place to play in the W. Washington. Okay. Okay. What's your go to trash talk line? Our PG version. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk trash. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, who's who's the biggest trash talker in the league? Nobody really says anything to me. Yeah, but like you've heard it on the court. I don't know. Because in our games, especially like Nobody really says anything to us. I feel like we all look so like, yeah. like try me. Okay. Hardest player to guard. Chelsea Gray. <sighs> Great one. Okay. <laughs> Great one. Um, best handles in the league. Chelsea Gray. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> handles passer. Like what? Um, okay, what is this one could get a little controversial. Biggest flopper. Sophie Cunningham. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, we could say no comment, but okay. <laughs> What's your biggest basketball ick? Uh, refs that only call it one way. Oh, oh, that's a good one. That, that hits close to home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's your GOAT? Uh, I think I'm going to go with Candace. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to give you reasoning. Oh, that's yours. So I used to just be like, like just say somebody like Cheryl or I would change it to Tamika, but you know, now that I'm like going back at and people are breaking records and I see since Candace Parker or the only one again, Candace Parker, yeah. Candace Parker this. Yeah. It makes me realize like, okay, you got me. Yeah, she did that thing to be like rookie of the year MVP in the same year. Come on. <laughs> what? Like you you got me. I'm coming for all of your records, right? <laughs> Literally since Candace Parker. Since <laughs> Candace like, okay, we get it. It's like, okay, we get it. You're you're the greatest. Oh my gosh. Okay. Last question. What's your best impersonation of Coach T? I know we did some earlier, but what's what's your best one? Do you feel my energy right now? <laughs> I need you to feel my energy right now. Nobody cares. They're not gonna lay down just because y'all are tired. And that's a really good one. I feel like we heard that today. <laughs> we probably hear that one every day. <laughs> that one's coming on the daily. Oh, 100 percent And she's gonna hear this and bring it up hundred percent and be like, oh Haley Ryan, y'all had something to say. Haley, right. Y'all feel my energy today? Sure do, T. Every day. Ryan, this has been 
Such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Sometimes I Hoop. This has been a pleasure, Rye. Thank you so much. It was great. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to Sometimes I Hoop. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Haley.Jones, that's no I in Haley, and three S's in Jones, to get all the Sometimes I Hoop content. You can also watch the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Thanks again for all your support. The Players Tribune.com